1: It's not religion that I need. It's you. And I've told you before, you know, the night that I became a Christian, it was just like, you know, I just, I had these thoughts that I knew were from God where he was telling me, I just want to teach you. I only want to, only want to help you. I only want to teach you. I only want, I only want to show you and teach you about what I intended when I made you.
0: Today, Pastor Robert will remind you that when you come to Christ and accept Him, it isn't religion that you need, you need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a helper given to Christians to help them within their lives. With the Holy Spirit also comes gifts that can be used to build up the Kingdom of Jesus Christ. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. And here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew, chapter 3, as he begins his message, Holy Spirit. In
1: Matthew 3.11, Matthew quotes John the Baptist as saying, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, Whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now, this promise from Jesus, or uh, you know, a promise about Jesus baptizing people with the Holy Spirit and with fire, ha- has been somewhat controversial. When I was a kid growing up, I, I don't I don't ever remember it being talked about in Sunday school or in church or or, or or anything. But when I was about sixteen years old, my Aunt Linda went through a radical transformation. She was somebody that was close to, you know, the favorite aunt, you know, and, and I I just I saw a big, big, big change in her. All of a sudden, when when she would come home, because they lived at the time, I think in South Carolina, and we were in Georgia, and she and and um, she and her husband would come down, whether it was a holiday or just a visit or whatever, and, and all she could talk about was Jesus. Now, that was a brand new thing. That was, had not been normal up to that you know, point in time. Um, if I was 16, then she was in her mid-30s, something, something like that. And all of a sudden, she was just in love with the Lord. I mean, it was, you know, just everything that came out of her mouth was was about conversations that she was having, not, not prayer so much as conversations that she was having with the Holy Spirit. And it was just a radical new, you know, kind of Christianity for me. I'd never seen anything like it, you know, that that somebody really was, and I've joked about it with you guys before, you know, it was like she was having coffee with Jesus every morning, and, and it's still like that. She still has that, you know, 40 years later, still has that kind of relationship, that depth of relationship with the Lord. So when I gave my life to Jesus about eight years later, I, I remember telling him, I don't want what I grew up with. I don't want what I saw in church as a kid. I want what my Aunt Linda has with you. I want to know you like she knows you. Because it's, 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 not, it's not religion that I need. It's you. And I've told you before, you know, the night that I became a Christian, it was just like, you know, I, just, I had these thoughts that I knew were from God where he was telling me, I just want to teach you. I only want to help you. I only want to teach you. I only want to show you and teach you about what I intended when I made you, when I made the world, when I made everything. And so basically what I was saying to him the next day is that's what I'm signing up for. I'm not signing up for just going to church, singing some songs, praying some prayers, going home living my life as though you're not really there. I want a day-by-day, moment-by-moment kind of relationship where where you're talking to me, you're, you know, and I'm talking to you, and there's interaction going on. You're helping me out. You're teaching me. And I didn't understand it all, but, but I knew enough to know that that's what I wanted with God. And, and so after talking to my Aunt Linda about it, I began praying and and studying, reading the Bible, and, and digging in, trying to find out about this thing, about being baptized with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, Luke begins his account of the beginning of Christianity by writing about that very thing. Acts chapter 1, verse 1, Luke writes, he says, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And he said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. Now, this idea of being baptized with the Holy Spirit and the controversy surrounding it. You know, I, when I read this and realized, wait a minute, this is... Jesus is the one who used that terminology. So if you got a problem with the terminology, you're going to have to take it up with Jesus. Being baptized with the Holy Spirit is what Jesus said would happen. And he promised his apostles the power to be his witnesses everywhere they went as a direct result of the Holy Spirit coming upon them and baptizing them. The power of God to go and represent him in the world. And then in Acts chapter 2, Luke you know, continues. He describes how it happened. Chapter two, verse one. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, you know, this is where the term Pentecostal comes from. Pentecostal believers believe that what what the Holy Spirit did on the day of Pentecost, he still wants to do, he's still doing it. And it wasn't just the apostles, by the way. That's another thing that's important to take note of, because sometimes that error is put forth, but in Acts 1, 15, we're told that there were about 120 people gathered. It wasn't just the 12, by then they had added Matthias to the 11, Judas was dead, but it wasn't just those apostles. There were 120 people gathered together on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came upon them. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit there in the upper room caused such a commotion, such a stir there in in Jerusalem that a crowd of people gathered to find out what was going on. I'm not going to read you all of that. We're not going to go into it. But people were curious. And some said, oh, they're just drunk. And so Peter stood up and said, no, we're not drunk. That's not what's going on. And he preached his first sermon. And he told them, this is a fulfillment of prophecy. It's a fulfillment of what the prophet Joel wrote about, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And as he goes on and confronts them about the fact that they had crucified their own Messiah, Acts 2.37 tells us, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. It's not just for you guys, it's for, it's for as many as He calls.
2: been listening to Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fowler. During this season that's filled with uncertainty, we know that one thing is unchanged. God is in control. We encourage you to take time daily to spend in the Word, in prayer. As with many churches across our nation, Calvary Miami Beach is holding church online. We'd love for you to join us. Go to calvarymiamibeach.org connect to our sunday virtual service and be sure to visit and subscribe to our youtube channel for more messages we also know how essential prayer is during this time and we want you to know we're already praying for you is there anything specific we can be lifting up to the lord please let us know through our prayer request form at calvarymiamibeach.org would you do the same for us Please keep Pastor Robert and our church staff in your prayers, as well as our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying. And if you feel led to support Main Thing Radio financially during this time, we would be grateful. You can donate online at calvarymiamibeach.org. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to Main Thing Radio.